Welcome to the EchoCast. I am Bond Diesel. This is a podcast about The Division 2, maybe The Division 1 if there's anything to talk about. And, uh, yeah. So what are we dealing with today? Well, I am going to do a State of the Game recap, a special report recap, a raid, and some other Division topics, a little speculation, uh, and then we'll wrap it up with some listener questions. Uh, if you want to support this podcast and any of my other projects, please check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. You will also gain exclusive rewards and early access to this podcast and other content. If you're new, welcome. If you've been here before. Thank you for coming back. I don't know how you tolerate me, but I'll take it. So first I'm going to jump right into a state of the game recap. This week, we had Hamish and Yannick. Uh, They mostly talked about uh, the title update three and talked a little bit of uh, raid stuff. Uh, The top of the mind thoughts that they gave us was um, talking about how the title update three had a balancing pass. Uh, Classified assignments were added. Uh, The end of activity stat screen and lots of other bug fixes and a ton of balancing and changes. Uh, The weekly reset happened on the day of the title update three, but they warned everyone that it would reset again at the regular time. So there was like a two day window for people to get their, uh, their blueprint for the, the nemesis if they had everything else. They, um, they basically said that there was a wonky schedule, um, you know, with the uh, invaded missions because of the patch and kind of a shrug. Sorry. Uh, they talked about how the hardwired chest stats were re-rolled because there was an issue um, with how they were rolled before, uh, where I believe they were way too high. Um, they mentioned that they knew there were Delta errors happening. Happening, I think since then it's mostly been fixed up. I've seen some reports of issues, but I, I think by now it's it's fine. Um, they did talk about Roosevelt Island. Um, they talked about uh, they're not being able to progress through the mission because of a couple bugs that are popping up. And, uh, yeah, that will have to get fixed. Basically, if you die, you respawn uh, at a checkpoint, but that checkpoint doesn't allow you to move forward in the mission. At least that's how I think it works. Uh, they did dive right into the raid matchmaking uh, conversation, uh, and they basically reference that they didn't do it because of the potential of um, a bad experience dealing with a random group and extremely tough content. Um, I'm going to talk about this in depth uh, during the Division Two news and stuff like that. Um, but they basically just said that it, you know the, the the activity is is catered uh, to a group experience of people that are, that are actually talking, uh, trying to they're trying to reinforce the social side of things there. We'll come back to that. Classified assignments are little side missions that um, show new areas and have intel and collectibles in them. There are two of them available. Uh, this is only if you have the year one pass. 
Uh, there was a new apparel event that starts or started when the raid released. And um, let's see, I believe that it ends on the 13th of June, but you can only get keys until the 6th. So be sure to get out there and grind. I've actually gotten more keys than I thought from doing fairly regular activity. So um, I don't think you need to pay for them if you play quite a bit, but if you want to, the option is there. Uh, let's see here. The pre-order and ultimate edition cosmetics are purchasable. Uh, and they're, I think they're really cheap. They're only like 20 in-game credits. Um, kind of annoying a little bit, in my opinion, for someone who pre-ordered uh, and had the ultimate edition. Uh, you know, I, I kind of like the idea of you know, something that doesn't impact the game actually being exclusive, but it's fine. Not the end of the world. Uh, they did start talking about a little bit of the raid stuff. Now, the special report, which I'm also going to recap, was way more in-depth on the raid. Um, but that's fine. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, basically, they talked about how incursions were a step towards raids, but obviously not. Obviously not all the way. Um, they did, that's when they revealed that Operation Dark Hours was going to start on Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I think a lot of people were surprised with how quickly the raid came. Uh, they talked about the Eagle Bearer being a new exotic AR you would get from the raid, as well as the gear sets that will be raid-specific, as well as some vanity items. Uh, the raid will provide extra loot once a week on a reset timer for when people beat it. Um, and then they talked about the special report that was coming up. Uh, they talked about the world's first team being mortalized in the base of operations for everyone. Um, you know, talking about how you know the raid is the first time we've had like truly competitive content in the division where there's some type of prize for doing an activity the best. Uh, and then they talked about there's some rewards for beating the raid at all, and there's rewards for beating the raid in the first week as well. Um, they did clarify that they are going to make sure the world's first is quote-unquote legit um, by making sure that the people didn't cheat or do anything like that to do it. Um, they did have Twitch drops, which I think are still going on, actually. So if you watch um, a channel that has them enabled uh, for, I think, an hour and a half, you get some extra uh, keys to open. Um, Oh, to open the cosmetic caches that uh, the event caches. Um, they mentioned a Twitch Rivals competition, but that ended up being canceled because uh, I saw multiple reasonings for it. Some because there weren't enough people that entered, some because they were worried about the stability of the servers. I think that was kind of a BS thing, just people hating on the game, um, as, as they do. Um, but, you know, that that is what it is check in here and uh and that was about it for that so they did some agent highlight stuff and um they had to explain to yannick what welding was uh, i assume that was more of a translation issue and not him not knowing what welding is okay um and then so then they had a special report where they had um chatty uh and Sebastian, I believe his name was, uh, from the dev team in Annecy, uh, Ubisoft Annecy, uh, which, like, they showed a little video about where Annecy is. Uh, it's near the French Alps or whatever. And that's, like, the most beautiful place on Earth. So 
These dudes seemed really happy and nice, and I think I get why, because they work in a freaking painting. But <laughs> when it comes to the special report, um, they talked about decisions they made, and, and they talked a little bit about you know how the incursions influenced the raid and stuff. They um, talked about how you know it, it was the first decision they made was that it was going to be an eight-man thing. They wanted it to be eight from the very very start. Um, they said it wasn't that wasn't even possible in Division One, um, but it, they they made it that way now, and they wanted to take advantage of it. They liked the idea of the larger groups uh, for more interesting mechanics and synergies. Uh, they emphasized how they want each player uh, in the group to be meaningful or impactful. Um, Sebastian was heavy into World of Warcraft and raiding uh, in that game, so he did inspire them a lot for Division, uh, the Division Two raid. Uh, they talked about uh, the matchmaking stuff again, which at this point I'm kind of over, even though I'm probably about to rant a bunch about it after uh, the break. But um, they they emphasize that. Once you touch the raid, you'll understand why matchmaking wouldn't work. Uh, that communication is key, and not and one player not doing what they're supposed to do will mess everything up. I've got some issues with that, uh, but I'll talk about it in another section. Uh, they did confirm that there will be some type of matchmaking at some point, but gave no timeline. Um, they they want to try to take into account language issues, voice use, etc. Um, my guess here is like an LFG type system where it's uh, not matchmaking, but it's uh, an in-game post that you're looking for players and requirements uh, that you have for people to join, uh, which we'll get there. Um, they they showed a trailer for the raid. Um, they uh, really you know stressed you know that the that this was not going to be the only raid. There there there's going to be raids. You know multiple so that that's a really good thing i think there were some people who i think had questioned like well this is they're just gonna do one and we'll have to wait for division three or something i i thought that was kind of silly but that's fine they um they talked about how the journey from falcon lost and soul and signal um to this raid um, was a pretty big deal they learned a lot of lessons from those uh, they they realized and they talked about how they realized that falcons lost um was kind of a letdown for most of the community in division one or at least that's the impression i got uh, and as a player, I would say yes, because it was just a wave mission, basically. Um, and that when they moved on to other incursions like Dragon's Nest, um, the mechanics involved, as well, especially Stolen Signal, um, which I thought was a really, really good mission. Personally, I don't I don't think it was a raid. It wasn't, you know, compared to what we have now, especially, but even bigger raids. But I thought Stolen Signal was a really underappreciated mission. It was a really well-designed mission. Um, the biggest issue, in my opinion, was just that the rewards weren't there. There was nothing exclusive to get from there, um, and you were better off running Clear Sky. Um, they talked about the beginning of like designing uh, Operation Dark Hours, the new raid, um, and talking about how they wanted to like feel epic. They wanted it to feel big and grand. Um, they wanted there to be combat puzzles and and more than just murdering everything in sight. Um, uh, they talked about how there's going to be, there are unique behaviors, um, from enemies that you've seen before. So you have to learn those things, um, and specific mechanics that you're going to have to figure out and work on, which now we've seen, um, which, and I think they were pretty honest and accurate about their description of the raid during this. 
Um, they, they did talk about the challenge of, you know, making puzzles and stuff like that while keeping a realistic aesthetic to the game uh, and the quote unquote real world logic um, that the division is based on the Clancy universe. Um, they talked about how the location of the DC airport uh, was good um, because near the playable space, but it's still separate. Uh, the whole idea of the raid is that the Black Tusk have taken over the airport and they have some type of super weapon that they want to use to help their mission over in DC. Um, uh, they answered some questions at the end, especially, and talked a little bit about how um, there actually wasn't like double the cover because there's double the players. And they said in some ways there's actually less cover because they wanted to emphasize people needing to be moving around and not just be static the entire mission. Um, when it came to researching the raid, they weren't able to go like check out Ronald Reagan international airport. So they had to mostly use like Google maps, uh, pictures that, you know, just that people had taken, uh, in, in kind of their own experience from airports in general. Uh, and then they basically just had to make up all of the behind the scenes stuff because obviously they didn't have access. Um, they talked about the prerequisites for getting into the raid world tier five gear score 490 and above, um, and access to the pilot at the boo. Um, they talked a little bit about the details of the raid. I won't really get into that. They talked about there's four total bosses. Uh, there's a gear check at the beginning, which that's, uh, to say the least, um, they did mention that there's some exploration puzzles hidden in the, in the mission itself, separate from the four bosses that you fight. Um, and I actually haven't seen much about this yet. So that's something I, I, I'll be excited to see someone do a video about it or something, or, Hey, maybe experience it myself. We'll have to wait and see. Um, uh, and then they just basically talked about, you know, kind of the same stuff a little bit over and over again. So, uh, they answered some questions. That's, that was kind of the gist of it. Um, overall, you know, I, I thought this was good. Uh, obviously, some people had took issue with the update and the raid coming out in such short succession. My assumption there is that we have uh, the first DLC coming very, very soon. So they kind of wanted to get this like out there and uh, and, and kind of get people into it and get through it and then move on from there. Um, obviously, I'm sure everyone would have preferred that the the game come out uh back then you know um but it didn't so that just kind of is what it is so what we're going to do is um i am going to jump into the mid-roll and then i have some topics i want to talk about and uh we will we'll go from there so mid-roll time Okay, so first thing I want to say is that um, I did, I sat at work uh, while I was doing some stuff and had Marco and his team on in the background um, and watched essentially their whole push on the raid. It was five hours, something. Um, I missed like the last hour of it because I had to go to work. I had to do something <laughs> off uh, uh, out of the office, so I wasn't able to keep watching. Um, the raid's really good. So, you know, I'll make that really clear. The, the, the raid is excellent. The, um, the mechanics are cool. The challenge is there. Um, you know, I, th I think there were people that were worried that, you know, that first run, that people were going to steamroll um, through in, you know, an hour or less. 
And, uh, but not that people aren't now, but you know, that first run, it felt satisfying. Now, um, something I had mentioned before this raid came out was that there are going to be people that um, no matter what happened, they were going to compare it to destiny and it wasn't as good as destiny, which it never will be to some people, um, that it wasn't going to be a success and all that. That's fine. People can do their thing, but let's talk about raid completion and difficulty. So. Uh, it was completed first by Marco Wids uh, and a bunch of those people. Um, and five hours something minutes, which is super cool. Uh, in case you're curious, there's teams beating it in less than 30 minutes now on PC. And, and that's where a, an interesting conversation has popped up. Um, as of today, I'm recording this on Sunday morning. Um, it looks like one team uh, has completed it. Uh, or maybe two teams on PS4 and one team on Xbox. Uh, the first PS4 team, I think it took them 36 hours. I want to say there's another one that's completed it in like 18. Uh, and the one team I see on Xbox as I look right now completed it in about 17 and a half hours. So <laughs> the, the, there's an issue here. And, and what's really interesting in the last week or two um, has been... Uh, this this uh, this difficulty conversation and this matchmaking conversation. So um, to me, what it's shown is a complete disconnect between people who play on PC and people who don't, um, and and a lack of awareness uh, in general of people um, and and who plays this game. Uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, most of the people who play on um, who play the game, who are involved in the community, who are on Twitter and Twitch, and YouTube, and the forums, and Reddit, are a very tiny sample of the overall player base, right? And something that I don't think people realize, or care about, either way, is that looking at the sales report from Ubisoft that came out recently there there's they they sell more games combined to Xbox and PS4 than PC right um and and when it comes to division specifically it's on all three uh Ubisoft has some games that are only on PC or are basically only played on PC uh, so i think that even skews the numbers a bit but what i don't think people think about or care about i sometimes can't tell which one it is is that they're um your, your average dude who jumps on his Xbox um, isn't involved in the community or his PlayStation. More PlayStation, like twice as many on PlayStation probably. They, they, they don't mess with Twitter. All the power to them, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, they, they don't mess with Discord. Uh, I'm on Discord. I've been on it for a long time, and I think Discord's the worst. It's, it's an awful format. It's just not, it's not a, it's not a well-designed app. There's nothing about Discord is good except that it provides easy voice communication and connects people. Just my opinion. They, but they don't access all these ways. You know, the average console player, I think, still today, is is someone who jumps on, plays for a few hours, maybe has a couple buddies they play with, and that's it. So when this raid comes out, you know that that that's tough because in the Division One, I remember not long after release. One big topic was how much content was really required a group of four for most players and how 
that was a struggle for a lot of players. And and then I and then you know then we have this raid come out. Now it requires you find seven people. And then it comes out that there's no matchmaking. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover two topics here, kind of in a row. And then I'm going to do some speculation. So something more fun. So stick around if you can. So first, uh, the, the, the matchmaking. So what's really interesting is that there's been this kind of funny attitude taken by people who are Destiny players or people who are content creators or uh, who are big streamers and stuff like that. Um, who are just adamantly against uh, any type of matchmaking for the raid. And the issue I take with this um, isn't really with, um, well, it's a little bit with the game. Uh, you know, the problem is, is what people want is a way to find other players and complete this raid. Uh, without matchmaking, that takes away the simplest option to do that. Now, uh, What's what's funny is that you know after playing the raid now you know the, the the people who were adamantly against it at all are now feel emboldened and have said well look look how hard this raid is especially on console there's no way you can match make it it'd be a disaster and I agree actually I think that's correct what I don't agree about is that sorry about that alert what I don't agree on is um, that I think that's missing the point. Um, uh, for whatever reason, people are so so like dug in on this idea of no matchmaking, and and to the point where like it's almost like a condescending thing. It almost feels like an elitism type of thing. Of you know, I mean, I've literally unfortunately had back and forth with people where it just turns into a get good situation. Where well, well, if you don't have seven people, then you just need to find them. Get good. You know, and it's funny because a lot of these people who are taking this attitude are people who would really not appreciate that attitude in another context. And the the issue I take is that um, it's it's not even with the game really. They even said it sounds like from um, I think is I think it was the special report that there is going to be some type of system for the raids. Um, I don't think it's going to be matchmaking. I kind of hope it's not because it won't be very good. Well, I do hope is that it's a, like an LFG type system where you can you can start up a, a raid group and if you have two spots open, you can hit a button uh, and you can select criteria or something. You can select like what, what region you want the people to be from, what English it's going to be in that requires a mic, all of that stuff. The problem is, is that there's there it doesn't seem like there's many people looking at this situation and you know they're, they're so stuck on the matchmaking idea the matchmaking is just the easiest way to do it and probably the worst um it's just it's weird it's weird seeing you know that this attitude of it, I, I don't know if it's like gatekeeping or whatever it is it's it, it's just like this weird attitude of you know i don't care if this if this interaction or this activity is awful for you i think it should be this way and if it's not that way it's not good i I don't know the matchmaking thing is weird because i think most of the people who are against it are missing the point of why people want matchmaking they just want to find people to play with they want to find people to beat the raid with pc or console whatever um and 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 unfortunately it's just weird because it seems like the people who who are the most passionate against matchmaking are 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 basically all the people who will never have to do it <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense to me 
Like, I don't need to worry about matchmaking. I have a pretty good feeling. I'm a I'm small fish, you know? And there's, there's these people who are 5, 10, 15, 20 times bigger than I am who are just so against it. And they will never have to even consider using it. It's it's just bizarre. I, I don't, you know, and, and not even just matchmaking. Any system that just helps people find groups. And it's just, it, it's, such a, it's such an interesting thing where it almost just feels like they don't want people to, to be involved. Uh, if, if you aren't as dedicated as them, if uh, I just, I don't know. It's weird. And I, I think that there's just a lack of empathy. I think there's a lack of trying to really understand what people want or have a problem with. Uh, and, and I would hope it's just like naivete. I, I hope it's just some stubbornness. But sometimes, you know, some of it just seems downright aggressive against people who aren't up to their standards. And it's just really weird, man. But I don't know. I, I won't try to assume people's intentions. I'll, I'll assume the best and, and we'll go from there. So then what this, this conversation piped up before the raid even came out, right? So then what happened after the raid came out was um, Marco and his crew beat it in a little, like five and a half hours or something. Um, and then uh, the console race started. So, you know, the, the whole thing with raids, as, as I'm aware, uh, especially in Destiny, is that the, the biggest, you know, the biggest delay in the raid being completed is people figuring out the mechanics, right? So after Marco and his team beat it, now everyone who was watching that or people who were summarizing what happened have a basic idea of, of, the, um, of the mechanics. It's gotten to the point where the last thing I saw was that there was a PC team, uh, the, the DUK clan, I think they're in Germany, um, which I think there's another one in England too, but you know we'll figure that out. They, they're beating it in like 25 minutes, <laughs> the entire raid. And what's happening on the console side is, as of recording, uh, I believe two teams have beaten it on PS4 and one has beaten it on xbox and the fastest clear was um 17 and a half hours um but the first clear was 36 hours and what's super interesting is that there's been this this kind of nose up in the air like look you know one it's the whole thing about you know the the difficulty of the raid but um yeah in the matchmaking but uh there's been a lot of talk about how the raid quote unquote is too hard for console. And what what that's turned into is another kind of PC circle jerk to a point of, you know, well, you use the crappy controller, that's your fault, you know, it's it's not hard. It uh it, it, you know, you just need to get better. Um I've seen multiple instances of people talking about how how there's no hardcore players, there's no highly skilled players on consoles. They're only on PC. Uh, I even saw a really hilarious comment on Reddit where the person said, uh, people paid more for their PCs, therefore they're more dedicated and passionate gamers. Uh, and that's why console players can't match them. And which, you know, I, I literally grabbed a, a lamp beside me and just smashed myself in the head with it until there was nothing left. Like, I just, <laughs> like, it's such a bizarre attitude. Um, of course, these are the same people who are going to say that PC gamers are like 95% of the gaming community that, you know, all that, all that stuff that people just don't have any clue about, you know, how those things actually break down. 
but what's interesting is that now, especially after the raid has finally been cleared by PC players uh, or console players after 36 hours, is that there's this kind of like, see, look, they can do it. And it's like, if you can't look at a situation where the uh, PC players, some very skilled ones, were able to beat it in under six hours, and then within a day, were beaten it in under 30 minutes, but that it still took over 36 hours for the first clear of of a team that knew every mechanic that knew everything like like there's an obvious issue there um in in and the first thing that it goes to and something i've talked a lot about is is just a kind of a discrepancy um in in the way the game plays for pc and and, and consoles and i've had a fairly passionate discussion with someone who i do really respect um but definitely doesn't see eye to eye with me on this. Um, the, the, the game plays very different. I, th- I think there's a decent number of people who play on console and PC, and, and all of them, including myself, can say that the game just plays very different on both. But it's because of the way that your input is taken. Mostly people on PC using mouse and keyboard, You know, everyone on console using a controller. Uh, yeah, I know there's some people on PC with controllers who think that like half the player base does that. It's not true. It's weird too. I get if you played console your whole life and then you switch to PC recently, it it definitely probably feels good. It probably feels better than mouse and keyboard to you. But I promise that if you spend time on the mouse and keyboard, you're going to be better than you ever were on the controller. Maybe that's a PC master race thing I have, even though I'm a console player, but it's just the way I think it is. But anyways, there you know the the game is exactly the same see this game is balanced exactly the same on pc and console there's zero differences uh to the point where when you plug in a controller to the pc uh it even maps all the controls the same as a console except like the xbox button or whatever the playstation equivalent is. and an issue that's been around since the first game has been that the pc experience is you know quote unquote easier than console experience. It's because of significantly increased accuracy, uh, which leads to extremely low time to kill on PC compared to console. The whole idea is that basically it's headshots. It's significantly easier to hit headshots with a mouse and keyboard than it is on a controller. Um, And there's multiple reasons for that. It's just simply pointing and clicking um, just provides you more control of your aim and stuff like that. A big issue too on console, because uh, the the retort that always gets thrown out there is, well, console has auto aim. Console does have auto aim. The problem with auto aim on console though is that it favors the chest. It, it favors the middle of the enemy. Um, so on a high damage to elite build or something, that's fine. You're hitting shots. And that's all that matters on console. But hitting headshots for for most players, obviously there's some, I'm sure, you know, I've got some L, you know, MLG people out there who are going to disagree, but it, it it's just, it's harder to hit headshots on console and to consistently hit headshots on console and PC because of the input method. And what that means is that since the games are balanced exactly the same, that just means that time to kill for console players is a lot slower than it is for PC players. So then when you look at the raid, what happens is that the raid is most of it. Um, the first boss, Boomer, um, and then the fourth boss, the big 
whatever it's called hedgehog or whatever it's called called um and are 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 very 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 highly dependent on on dps and and putting out as much damage as possible um and this again is to my previous point where the accuracy issues cause problems for consoles and don't seem to cause many problems for pc players what what i assume here is that for the most part, this discrepancy didn't really cause much of an issue in every other aspect of the game because while the time to kill on console is definitely slower than PC, the, the content's still clearable. Um, I, I didn't have any issues even with Tidal Basin. You know, it's uh, even at the harder levels, you know, I have a really nice weapon damage, AR damage, and damage to elites build. I have, a little, I have a good amount of health and all that. Like, I don't have to hit, I can hit some headshots and they help especially on static enemies, but I don't have to, I, I can melt even how I met, I melt golds faster than, than red bars. So it, it wasn't an issue because there were so few, there were so few mechanics or anything that required high accuracy and tile base. And at the end, you have to hit those packs on the missile launchers, but that's, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy. They, they, they're static. They don't move. They're just right there. But then with the raid, what's happening is um, even just on the first boss, Boomer, you know, console players know what to do. They 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 get how to beat it. Um, but but that healing mechanic on Boomer and you know it just makes it incredibly difficult. I played with a group of I think very uh, good players, very competent players, and we cheered when we got Boomer down to armor bars. <laughs> You know, like, you know, and, and that was an accomplishment after three hours. We were so pumped. Like, we understood what we needed to do. Um, it, it just came down to, you know, maybe we aren't the best players on earth. That's fine. Uh, but that we also, you know, were fairly limited. Now, that point may be uh, taken away by the fact that these people um, have cleared it now. But I still think that even though console has now beaten it, and even though they've gotten it down to 17 and a half hours, you know, a, a day later, 17 and a half hours, compared to people on the other platform beating it in 30 minutes and less, shows that there's just there there's an issue there, and 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 I and I and I'm gonna preach it to the rooftops that there, there's an issue there. That's not. Um, it's, it's one platform is, is harder than the other one. So as much as, you know, the, some, not all, some PC players want to down on consoles and do all that stuff. Um, they're, they're playing the easier content, whether they'll acknowledge it or not. And, and it seems it, that that's obviously my opinion, but it seems at least correlationally true, you know, like, you know, one, one does it in 30, the other can get to 17 and a half. Like, you know, that, that, that seems from a very pure standpoint that 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 one is easier than the other right and and i guess what's a bummer about this and and, and some of the conversation why i picked up and stuff like that is um destiny 2 does not differentiate its balancing between pc and, and the console but um i i tried to play destiny 2 couldn't get into it tried multiple times just can't do it so i haven't done a raid on destiny straight up laying that out there but the impression I've gotten is that for the most part, the raids on Destiny 
just don't have mechanics that depend on that super pinpoint accuracy of PC. Um, it still does reward accuracy from the, I've watched two or three of the different raids and I know that there is that involved, but it's different. And so my issue is that basically what I'm getting at is the dark hours raid seems like it was designed on a PC for PC. And I would be very curious to how much playtesting was done on console or for this raid. Maybe there was a ton. Maybe they did more than they even did on PC and we're a bunch of plebs and there's nothing there, but I doubt it. It's fine. I get it. And a conversation I've in conversations I've had, I understand that, you know, trying to, trying to balance the game separately, having two different you know, branches of the game, one PC, one console, um, that focuses, you know, different changes and balancing and stuff for each one that that would potentially double the amount of time it takes to get patches out to us and all of that. But I don't really accept that as an excuse. I, I think it's weird that you're, you're asking, it's just odd. And if anything, it, it's odd to me that, um, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to, how to express it. It just doesn't make any sense to me that that's, it's just like, well, that's just the way it is, you know, it's, especially when the, the game isn't even being balanced for what is, I think definitely the majority of the player base. I don't know. At the end of the day, it's a super awesome raid. I'm really glad that they've done it. I really hope the next one uh, focuses more on like actions uh, as mechanics and things that you do um, as a group and things that you have to do as a group and not so much on hitting this tiny little spot on this enemy that is super easy for one platform and way, 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 way harder on the other. I'll leave it there. So getting away from all that super fun stuff, uh, my my other little thing I wanted to talk about here was the episode one speculation. So we have the new DLC coming out um, here, I assume in the next month or two, um, called DC Outskirts Expeditions. And um, while it's been widely theorized by people that the third DLC, where it has like the picture of it is like a is like a blurred out background with an agent who has a mask on, you know, everyone's uh, I feel like a lot of people have been um, looking at that and saying, well, that's going to be survival. Now they have a mask. It's going to be in a contaminated place. So here's where I'm going to say I think that's wrong. I have no idea what that third DLC is. I think the second DLC, the Pentagon, is definitely going to be some kind of evolved underground mode. Um, probably very different than underground, but in the same idea. Uh, and I think the first DLC, DC Outskirts Expeditions, is going to be our evolution of survival. And the reason I believe that is because um, I, I really don't think that they would save a survival-ish mode for the last DLC. I think that they'd be very smart to give us some highly replayable and even, uh, you know, kind of random uh, interactions with others uh, from the very beginning for the first DLC. Um, I also point out that the whole idea of an expedition, um, you could think of in, in, the, in the way of survival. 
you know, you're going into an area with a goal, uh, but not to stay there forever, to come back, to explore. And I think that the expeditions are going to be this new idea of survival where uh, I bet there's going to be more than one area. There's going to be multiple different maps and you're going to get dropped into or you're going to go into um, new areas of the game or separate maps, kind of the way that like um, the, the raid is in the Pentagon, I assume will be. And you're gonna go. You're gonna be there. You're gonna have some goal, and you're gonna need to return. Uh, and it would seem logical that potentially there's a bunch of other people also. Now, because you're on the outskirts, maybe the shade network doesn't reach there, and it becomes a free for all. That whoever gets it first gets, you know, can collect that reward. And I think that's a way that they could do survival. Um, and and I think that it's been kind of hiding right in front of our eyes. Um, I, I really think that third episode is going to be something to wrap up the story. I wouldn't be surprised if it's even just a um, uh, a narrative DLC. I, I think people are just assuming it's going to be some type of multiplayer or something. It, I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it adds some new area to the map, adds like five or six new story missions, uh, and then leads us into year two. Um, I really, really, really do believe that this DC Outskirts Expeditions uh, I, I think that's going. I don't think that's just going to be a simple map expansion. I think that's going to be some ground-based mode where you have to go in and complete a goal and get back, and you're going to have to compete with other agents to do it. Now, whether I'm right or wrong, we'll find out. I think really soon. There is uh, E3 coming up. Uh, they had a bunch of Division Two star players. Um, that they picked out, so there's obviously something for them to see there, and uh, it seems just timing-wise, because you have to you have to remember that this raid was supposed to come out back on the 25th of April, so it came out a few weeks late. There was supposed to be this whole like month and a half before E3 of just people doing the raid and talking about the raid and doing the raid. Um, so now that timeline shortened, but it doesn't change that we should have that coming very soon. So um, that's my guess. I am more than happy to hear your opinions. I've definitely been shut down by a lot of people, which is fine. This is just a pure speculation thing. And, um, you know, I'd be curious to think, uh, to hear what you guys think. Uh, okay. So we have a couple of listener questions. Uh, we have Hassan or Shami soul. Uh, he says, after seeing the raid, do you think that the DLC will be new modes and or return of old ones simply, uh, or simply just more story focused content with new mechanics? Also, do you think the role of the uh, two new named NPCs uh, in in Naboo, what do you think their role will be? So if you don't know what he's talking about with the NPCs, if you go into the Boo, I've only found one of them. But there's two new NPCs walking around um, after Title Update 3, I think, um, walking around the Boo who are named, um, but you can't interact with them. So what I'm going to assume is that they are probably people you need to interact with for the first DLC and maybe even the second one. Um, my guess is that they're going to be the hub to go do those activities um, because the Pentagon one, I think it's pretty much assured that we're going to have to take a helicopter there or something to do whatever we're supposed to do there. And if my theory is correct about these expeditions, it'll be something similar. So. I, I think that's their role. Now, when it comes to what, how I think the DLCs are going to play out, if they're going to be whole new modes um, or if they're going to be something different, um, I think that they're definitely just going to be, um, I think they're going to be modes, but I think they're also going to put in new mechanics and stuff like that. 
I wouldn't be surprised if we get some type of um, something like, like, like global events the way we kind of did in Division 1, uh, maybe you know, in a different way, different rewards and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be kind of everything to a point. The second question is from the third Walker uh, fellow star player. He says, how do you feel about the possibility of Ghost Recon and Division Worlds being intertwined? The Ghost uh, or the Wolves could in fact be the Hunters. So this is where my grumpy old man, uh, overly protective of the Division story and world comes out. And I, I don't want that. And, and it's kind of along the same idea that I've had about how everyone's predicted that the Hunters are Russian agents who have come here to usurp the government and keep us from accomplishing our goal. Um, it's, it, it's the same idea. Um, to me, it, it just, it's just not that interesting. Like, I don't, I don't find it to be like, well, there's no logical connection. Um, that's been shown, you know, there's, um, the division's kind of weird and, and a, a game, especially wildlands that was basically based off crossovers. Um, now, I, my, my theory on why Wildlands had so many crossovers, and if you like Wildlands, I'm sorry, but it, I kind of feel like Wildlands was a really weak game story-wise and stuff like that. So their solution to make it more interesting was to just throw a bunch of other actually interesting characters into the game. Um, and and then Division, especially Division 1, the only crossovers were some outfit stuff um and it was mostly like splinter cell uh there were the splinter cell goggles were on fei lao's desk uh and there were a couple little winks and nods um there's a few of those in division two as well um but the the grumpy old man side of me i don't really love the idea of crossovers with the division um and and some of these other franchises um the ghosts make sense ish except they're only supposed to operate outside of the states um that was the whole thing about uh the the rainbow six game that became um siege actually is that uh you know there was this idea that it was going to be a domestic terrorism type of thing um i just i don't see it uh if i'm wrong i'm i'll be happy to have some kind of backstory or something it's just i guess for me uh, the hunters have just been such a compelling enemy in the division that I, I really want their backstory and their purpose and their reason for existing to be more complicated than, oh, they're just Russians or, oh, they're just old ghosts. Like, like it makes sense. I get it. Uh, and, and I get why it'd be really cool for, for people. Like, I, I understand. It's just I, I really want the Hunter story to just be something that no one could have predicted. I want it to be like, oh, holy shit, kind of a deal. Um... And and I guess that's where I stand there. Um, that said, the wolves in the new Ghost Recon game look super freaking cool. And uh, if in the division we could ever have capes like that, it'd be pretty sweet. But yeah, I, I just don't see it. The same way I don't see the Russian thing. Um, but that said, I fully recognize that uh, it's 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 probably my grumpiness coming out there. I'm an 80-year-old man and a 31-year-old body. So... I appreciate the questions though. They're super good questions. Um, I have been reading all of the YouTube comments. Um, I read the reviews on iTunes and stuff like that. I might start highlighting those a little bit. Um, and specifically if anyone asks questions through those methods, I'll be happy to answer them. Um, 
but yeah, so thank you for that interaction. I really do appreciate, I really do appreciate it. Uh, for content updates, just a reminder for uh, another week and a half or so here, um, another two weeks, basically, uh, I am still giving away two um, Division Two branded Amazon Echo Dots. Uh, I, I post that regularly on Twitter so people can enter. Um, there should be a link either somewhere in whatever method you're listening or watching this, uh, and there should also be a link on my Twitter feed. Um, I'm at Bond Diesel. Um, and just kind of talking about streaming a little bit, I've been kind of getting back into it, trying to set somewhat of a regular schedule. We still have lots of stuff to do here at the house for the little one who's coming, uh, and I do need to focus on that. Uh, but I still also want to make sure I'm doing my stream thing. And I really, really appreciate um, <clears throat> people showing up and hanging out and talking and, and doing all that fun stuff. It's been it's been a blast. It really has been. And um, it's just I, I appreciate the support. It's uh, super nice of you. Okay, and last year I did want to throw out a shout out to uh, Uber Tim, uh, November, and Mike for uh, being my first three Patreons. I do super appreciate that. Um, if you guys want uh, your your Bond stickers and all that stuff, please let me know. I believe um, one of you I've already got the information for, um, and the other two I think are international, so I'll have to figure that out. Uh, but just let me know. And if you want to be a part of that, uh, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash the echo cast. You can see a bunch of benefits there. Um, you get, and I think once I think I have a goal right now that if I hit 10 patrons, I'll start doing like a, like short, you know, exclusive podcasts just for patrons and uh, you know, just kind of updating things behind the scenes and things that are going on and kind of having a, a different angle on some stuff. So that said, you like the podcast please follow on whatever platform you are using if you're on itunes please 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 rate the podcast and leave a review it helps me out a ton if you listen to the podcast on youtube uh, please uh, subscribe to the channel like the video and comment below and give me some ideas or thoughts or whatever you're thinking i am on twitch where i do stream multiple times a week and i'm on twitter both as bond diesel and that's also where you can find links to a bunch of other stuff i do that's all I have. So, till next time.